0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar
1: on Mile High Sports. Delighted to be joined by our next guest. Haven't had a chance to have her on our program, though I have had a chance to be on hers. She's Taylor Kilgore, Taylor Kilgore 33 (laughs) on uh, Twitter uh, from Fox 31. Taylor, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, Really appreciate it. As the preseason starts for the Denver Broncos, obviously a lot of anticipation with Sean Payton as the head coach. But uh, the Broncos seem to have given hints in the offseason. Payton talked about it with Greg Penner about being at base camp in Mount Everest. that This is going to take a little bit longer than I think most fans hope for. Uh, Is the idea of making playoffs, even though he later said playoffs are bust, realistic in a stacked AFC to you?
0: Uh, well, first things first, Sandy and Sean, appreciate you having me on. Sandy, we do have to get you on our program over here. Sean's been with us a couple times. I look forward well, to thanks that. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to your point, absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. It's been a rough few years in Broncos country, and this year, once again, you could look at it two ways. I think people are looking at it, okay, we have this proven winner in Sean Payton. He's climbed the mountain to the very top. He knows what it takes. But last year with all the hoopla going into that uh yes. week one matchup in Seattle, I think people are a little, you know, trying to be played a little smarter and not get their hopes up all the way for, you know, Super Bowl or bus. But I don't think it's out of the question to have that standard at a playoff berth, because I mean, clearly with that USA today article, we know that's what Sean Payton's thinking. So why shouldn't we, (laughs) uh, I do think it's going to take time. And that is exactly why we're going to see those starters tomorrow night, because I think Sean Payton looks at it like, Hey, we need the work guys. We're going to put in the work. and We're going to take advantage of these three preseason games.
2: Uh, We were talking earlier in the program about things to look for tomorrow night. Um, Rather than things, let me ask you about people. Is there any one particular player, since the starters who are healthy enough to play, figure to play, what, 15 to 17 snaps, something like that? Is there any one of those that you will be watching with particular interest?
0: Oh, well, absolutely. If we're talking starters here, I think we're all looking to Russell Wilson and how smooth the operation looks on offense. And I'm looking at Cortland Sutton because especially yesterday's practice, you know, he had a couple good grabs, and he's a guy that you just feel like is ready to yeah, explode good point. after. Good point. You know, look at both yeah, of them. Yeah. Yes, look at both of them. Um, I think after that injury for Court, you know, last year was a little weird for him, and he, he seems like a guy who really – cranked it up this off season is laser focused. So I'm interested to see, you know, the dynamics with the receivers, especially with uh with Jerry Judy as well as far as starters goes. Now I'm also gonna be keeping an eye on a couple newbies because I want to see what they do in their first NFL action. How about the running back Jaleel McLaughlin? He's been so mm-hmm. fun to watch at camp. Uh undrafted out of Youngstown State NCAA yards leader, rushing yards leader. I'm so intrigued by him because he finds these bursts, these gaps in practice daily and everyone kinda goes, All right, all right, I like this guy. I like this guy. Of course, it's easy to do. Not easy, but it's a lot different to do it on a practice sure. field than under tackle. those NFL lights. The Tomorrow, yeah. it is all out, full go. So, I'll right. be watching him for sure. Um, just to name a few, though. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that everyone's going to be watching. But you hear 16 to – or 15 to 18 snaps, I think you said. I think everyone's excited about that because, you know, preseason, it's easy to kind of go, okay, it's football, but – Let's get to the real stuff. Well, we're going to have some of the real stuff right
1: off the top. Yeah, I think that there is something of that that's interesting to look at for sure. And, and we were talking about those those matchups with the, the wide receivers, the timing, and obviously they're not going to have yeah. Mike McGlinchey. But uh, when, I, when I look at Wilson and I look at the rapport he has with the receivers, that's important. But I'm actually looking for one thing. I want to see the adjustment to the Sean Payton offense, and that means Russell Wilson holding on to the ball for a shorter mm-hmm. length of time before he gets the ball out. Not only would this be different this year, but historically it would be different for Wilson, who averages over 3.3 sacks per taken per, uh, per game in his career. will be the first player, uh, fastest player, I should say, to get to 500 career sacks this year, uh, assuming he plays long enough to get it without injury. So for his own longevity and for the Broncos, it seems to me that uh, getting rid of that ball faster, even though it hasn't been what he's really ever done, if we don't start seeing that soon, there's reasons to believe we might not see it in the regular season.
0: I think it's a fair a fair question and definitely a point of emphasis is training camp because I think if there's one word we've heard Sean Payton say daily, it's tempo, tempo, tempo. Everything quick, everything yep. fast, everything efficient, in and out of the huddle, get the play calling in and out. And that same goes for Russ. Yeah, I think that's definitely something they're working on. It'll be interesting to see what he looks like in this system i mean we see it at practice but again it, it, you know the following is such a different script than they will be for the game plan obviously it's still preseason and they're going to have their plan because they're just trying to evaluate yada 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 but it's still live football it's still full go and russell wilson's going to still be making his his reads the way he will in a real game so i'm excited to see how that operation works and frankly i mean talk about taking a long time i mean it'll just be refreshing if we don't have those pre-snap penalties delay a game, <laughs> you know, with that right. match. Yes. So so let's just hope we don't have any of that tomorrow right out of the gate. Set the tone now so we are clean come week one against the Raiders.
2: Right, and Peyton was talking about that earlier this week. I guess they were asking him what he wanted to see, and I said, I could spend more time <laughs> telling you what I don't want to see and what I don't want to see. Uh, he went through a laundry list, but uh, 10 men oh, on yeah. the field, Uh, jumped out and just the general nature of how the Broncos get organized uh, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. because uh, this is a guy said in his introductory press conference, Peyton, that uh, they have a way of meeting. They have a way of training, they have a way of practicing, uh, and this will be their first game together. So there's a certain way they line up on the sidelines that I'm Mm -hmm. sure they'll be working on too. and I, I'm not saying that you could tell last year during the preseason that they'd be a 5-12 and 12 team during the regular season. I'm not saying that. Right. But it, it was more of a, certainly more of a casual atmosphere. There was no tempo on the practice field. And mm-hmm. this year, that part of it is certainly different. And even the practices are not necessarily easier, but they are shorter, right? Noticeably shorter I'm, than they've been yeah. in previous years.
0: I would say efficient. It seems like Sean Payton comes in with every detail covered, and he runs this tight ship. So his staff runs the same way. So these practices you're watching and they feel efficient. Last year there was just no, there was no pacing at all, and you're kind of waiting like, oh this is this is interesting, this is new. Okay, yeah, we want to save their bodies, We want to keep them healthy. Sure, sure, we're we're all in, we're all in. And then once the the bullets start flying in the regular season, it was like, uh oh what's going on here. Um, I think they're two very different approaches to the preseason, obviously, than what we saw last year and what we're going to see from Sean Payton. But I think with him, it's just, he said it that day one, like he said at his press conference, no detail is too small. And it's really become clear because he is, you know, opinionated about every detail of the football team from top to bottom, no detail too small from the attire on the sideline, which I kind of appreciate um it, it kind of, you know, he's talking about how he doesn't want the starters to take off the pads when they're done. Obviously, it's the preseason. We know once they, they're out, they're out. They're done. But I think it does give it a level of importance for everyone across the board when you treat the game like this. So whether you're, you know, Russell Wilson or a guy trying to make this roster, you're all locked in like it's a real game. And I think that that's going to pay in dividends because, you know, it's just the opposite of last year. And really, that's
1: what we need. <laughs> it, it, that's obviously what Peyton focused on, too, saying he's basically going he to do everything the opposite of his predecessor. We're talking with Taylor Cogler <laughs> yep. over Fox 31. <laughs> and uh, the, the tempo of practices have changed. Early in the OTAs, both Justin Simmons and Cortland Sutton spoke specifically about how uh, meticulous the instruction from Peyton and his staff was. You talked about the details. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that lost a lot of one-score games. Now, I'm not sure that uh, this flips all of those. There are problems that even ran deeper than the coaching when it comes to this Broncos team last year. But it does feel that the Broncos, even if they don't make the playoffs, are less likely to lose games in these fashions. That We saw yes. at the beginning of the Seattle game at week one. We've seen, uh, you know, we saw the, the overtime game uh, versus Indianapolis. Yes. I mean, we've seen games... In which the Broncos, quite frankly, just looked unprepared, whether they win or lose is one thing, but preparedness is probably not going to be an issue going forward.
0: No, and that and that's the beauty of, of a guy like Sean Payton. He's been here before he's done this before. So last year, it definitely had an air of, OK, first time head coach with a lot of, you know, first time position coaches on his staff. And and all of a sudden, you're looking at it going, uh-oh, this feels unorganized. This feels a little chaotic. And once that storyline started, man, it was hard to to come out from under it, especially when you look at the scores of those games. I mean, every week, you guys remember, we're looking at it like, wow, they found a new way to do this to us in yeah. the last second. And and really, when you say 5-12, and 12, you know, we remember it well. We want to forget it, of course. But there were so many one-score games that this team really – wasn't as bad as that record shows in my opinion but it was just the whole operation that was just not working on any in any way any shape or form because once that that wheel started turning like I said they the coaches were saying they were sleeping out the office they were trying to find a way to get out from under it no one could so it does feel like preparedness like you said this team say what you want about them across the board they will be prepared on game day and there will be clarity in the game plan and Sean Payton will make his mission for this team very clear that I'm not worried about he is organized he's been here before he knows what he's doing
2: five picks overall in the 2023 draft only two of the top 114 picks the year before any of those people we should be watching in particular Uh, tomorrow night uh, maybe especially on the defensive side of the ball where uh, you do have uh, one of those two top 114 picks from the 2022 draft who's had a pretty good camp in Nick Benito
0: oh Nick Benito man people are excited about him it just seems like you know he's he's been exciting to watch and this year it just feels like he's ready to crank it up even more um yeah we'll definitely be keeping an eye on there but hey how about the defense as a whole Obviously, in training camp, defense is going to start faster, especially with the way Vance Joseph is doing things. He's he's really been open about the fact that he's listening to players, you know, working with what they feel like is working for them and has worked in the past. So I think it's been something, a system that everyone's just jumping right into, taking off and running. Um, but this defense is exciting. I mean, you pair pair that uh, the pressure that we're seeing off the edge um, – you know, a lot of people were worried about maybe that position feeling a little thin. I don't think they're worried about that now. Uh and you know, the secondary is nasty as we know. So, um I'm excited to watch the defense across the board. I uh Mick Miller actually, my colleague here, he predicted we were talking about do we think the starters are gonna have a score, find the end zone tomorrow night in those first fifteen to eighteen plays. He's predicting the defense is gonna is gonna make some big disruption and find the end zone themselves. So hopefully that would be a lot of fun to see right out of the gates. just a preview of what we're going to see from this entire unit, hopefully, uh, this season.
1: Any promise from the starters would be phenomenal. Make sure uh, you check with out. Notes. It would be. Uh, we're talking with uh, Taylor Kilgore, she mentioned uh, with, with McMillan, your colleague, as well as Aaron uh, Anderson, who we've had on the program, and uh, Bruce Hurdle, who was on this uh, very station in the mornings with Eric be put together right. Colorado Sports Night. Also, uh, as, as we talked about before, so we have that. Uh, going, make sure you check that out over on KWGN and uh, over at Fox Thirty One. Taylor is there with regularity covering this team. So, uh, last yes. one for you. Obviously, sure. we don't care about wins and losses. Obviously, we're you're <laughs> concerned about injuries. Is there anything yeah. that you would see in this in this game that you would walk away from and go, "Ooh, that's
2: worrisome."
0: You know. I would really hate it if Russell Wilson came out and threw a pick on the first drive. <laughs> I would be so bummed about that. I really think he needs a punch in the air in this, you know, these fifteen to eighteen plays. I, I want to see it. I think we all want to see this, you know, turnaround year for him. And I just don't want, even though it wouldn't matter and it wouldn't be a, you know, direct reflection of anything for the season. I just don't want that to be the way this thing starts. So I'm looking for a clean, crisp showing from the Broncos offense right out of the gate. The starters, I think it's important. I think they, uh, if they find the end zone, even better. But that's what—that's something that I would throw my hands up and be like, no, why did that have to happen? So hopefully not the case tomorrow night. And I have a feeling we're going to be pretty, pretty excited after this one.
1: Well, the, you're, you're right about one thing. When it can go badly, the oh, no, here we go again vibe can start, <laughs> even in preseason. So avoiding that will oh, be important. you to- know. Yeah, she is yeah, Taylor we, Kilgore. We, <laughs>
0: that.
1: Yeah, nobody wants that for sure. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Taylor Kilgore33. That 33 is easy to remember. It was her jersey number as she was the, the captain That's and a right. uh, shooting guard for the national championship Humboldt State University basketball team. So easy to remember there. <laughs> Taylor Kilgore 33 oh. on Twitter. Check her out on Fox 31 and of course the Colorado Sports Night. Kw Jen as well. Uh, hopefully, we get to talk to you more often, and not only as this football season goes along, but as I just mentioned, uh, you know, there's a pretty good basketball team in town. Probably worth talking about later too.
0: Oh boy! And how about that uh, season opener? Makes me very excited for the fall to get going. Yep, uh, Nuggets, <laughs> Lakers, the
1: banners go up. We're just going to throw down right off the bat. Can't wait, Taylor. Thanks for joining Can't us. Wait. Thanks, Taylor.
0: Thanks, gentlemen. Talk to you very soon.
1: All right, Taylor Kilgore from Fox 31. Um, you know the, the last last point she made. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't want to see Russell Wilson have a bad performance. It wouldn't mean anything. It's preseason. But at the same time, he's right, because that here we go again. That vibe, when you've been a bad team and you broke it down just about an hour ago of how bad the Broncos mm-hmm. have been over the last multiple seasons in this playoff run, it's very easy to fall into those habits of going, oh, okay, this is just who we are. The Broncos have forged an identity over the majority of the last decade of football, they have been losers. And it can be hard to shake that. The Cleveland Browns lived with things like that for years. There, there have been teams that have dealt with that. The Broncos are actually in that. They have to find a way around it. They need wins. If you are injured, you need a win as well, and you need to talk to our friends at Burnham Law. BurnhamLaw.com is the website. 720 is the number. Hire the winner. Our personal injury attorneys have years of experience fighting for their clients, and the locations are easy to find. Fort Collins, Boulder, Westminster, Cherry Creek, Colorado Springs, even up north in Cheyenne and right here where My Life Sports is in the DTC. When you're injured, they're working for you, and they're working to get you your maximum recovery, whether that's by going to trial or by a settlement. So don't hire someone off a billboard. Go hire a winner, one that's fighting for you and gets those wins. That's Burnham Law. BurnhamLaw.com, 720-845-7001. The Broncos do have to do a little something if you're running out the starters there's something you want to see what do we want to see from them we'll talk about it next on my life sports
0: sandy Clough and shantrotar presented by superbook sports
1: download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. NFL preseason is happening, uh, well, quite quite literally, as we speak over on NFL Network, the uh, Patriots and the Texans have kicked it off, and C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback for the Texans, on his uh, first-ever drive, uh, completes two of his first four attempts, and then throws a pick. So, uh, the Patriots are Up 3-0, not that that makes any difference, but Stroud starting that way. Okay, you're a bad team, but you're a rookie. For the Broncos, they're a bad team too, but even though the starters are not going to play very much, even though the wins and the losses don't matter, we just talked with Taylor Kilgore of, of Fox 31. She's right. You don't want anything on that drive to go wrong the first time. You just don't need that kind of mojo in the room. And so for the Broncos, I, I, I do want to see success, but uh, crisp, tempo, Wilson releasing the ball quickly, but maybe that's the, even the simplest way. No mistakes. You're not going to be out there for very long.
2: Don't make any mistakes. It will be interesting to see during those 15 to 18 plays how many of them are pass plays. How many of them are running plays? What kinds of pass plays are they calling? And especially in the first exhibition game, you expect a pretty vanilla kind of approach. But vanilla would be fine, right? (laughs) The first game, if it's uh, executed well, well, right? right. That's right. And and you'd like to see, you know, you'd like to see a couple of twenty-yard plus. Play isn't the passing game, sure, but uh, you're right. Uh, the one thing that could uh, upset the apple cart and draw an extreme reaction would be any mistake or mistakes that are glaring that are made on the first series or the second series, and it would be hard to imagine that they'd play much more than that. Talking about the starters on offense. Right. Defense, uh, you know, there are a couple of guys I'm curious to watch, but making judgments about the defense, I don't think we'll be able to do much of that during the course of the preseason. It's the offense that will occupy, I would say, 90% of our attention in these three preseason games.
1: Yeah, look, the the defense was last year, and you've you've done a great job of, of breaking it down. The the defense is not elite, it is not. No, it but it is. It's, but it's good. It's pretty but it's good. good.
2: It's a top ten yeah, defense. It's good, and 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 that's fine. But you know Simmons isn't playing tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know about Kareem Jackson playing tomorrow night. Uh, maybe he will. Caden Stearns has been hurt too. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see about that. But I, I I don't have a lot of questions. I I want to see Zach Allen. Uh, I want to see Nick Benito, uh, who will get plenty of run. I mean, he'll get more than 15 to 18 stops. I'm looking at some of these guys who we talked about earlier from the last two drafts, which the Broncos did make 14 selections. It's just that there wasn't a first-round pick in either year, and there wasn't a second-round pick in either year either. Prior to the sixty-third overall selection, and that was Mims this year, and of course Benito was number sixty-four overall in twenty twenty-two, and and those are two guys you mentioned, Mims, and I mentioned Benito. So you know they're they're not first-round picks, but they're top two picks. Yeah. in each of the last two drafts, they're guys you want to watch. So whether they show up yeah. from the line of scrimmage or on special teams, you you want to see if they show out because they should be. Uh, among those who will get a fair amount of action, they should be two players who stand out. That's the part that's honestly. interesting, right?
1: And when you're talking about preseason, you know, you're looking at depth. Well, the these guys are the draft picks, as you pointed out, they're depth um, on the depth chart. Uh, Nick Benito, what, how will that work out for Greg Dulcich? Will Greg Dulcich play with the twos? He was listed as two on the depth chart. Does that mean he gets more opportunities to be out there? I would be intrigued to see how that works. Is he out there with Jared Stidham? Uh, to my mind, good. Because I think we know Dulcich's ability. I think we also know the depth charts that listed Adam Troutman against him is ahead of him is very simple. It's a message. And this is what depth charts are when you read into it. It's a message. The Broncos would like Greg Dulcich to block more. And Troutman can,
2: can catch a little bit and block a lot. Yeah. And Dulcich is kind of the other way around. And maybe some... Questions about whether he can even block a little bit, but more time the on the willingness. Practice, I mean, on the in the preseason there, game to go practice. Yes, and it and what, it shouldn't matter to Dulcich whether he's playing much with Wilson or most all of the yeah. time with run as ask the you to, but you might be out there to go block. Maybe go, maybe go if you're Greg Dulcich. Sure. Go I, put somebody on his backside. I, I want to see if they use some of this too tight end uh, stuff that they've been talking about and and I think practicing mm-hmm. a fair amount. I I think the Broncos
1: very much like the three tight ends they have in Troutman, Dulcich, and Manners. They're they're all three of locks. They're going to make the roster. I think that Peyton and and the offense likes all three of those guys in different scenarios and different situations, and I can absolutely see them going uh, with two of them at a time, and I think that's, to my mind, I, I would be intrigued to see what they do with that as well because with the loss of Tim Patrick, is it really the worst thing if you have two tight ends, a running back, and two wide no, that's receivers? A good point. If it's Cortland that, Sutton and Jerry Judy, but Greg Dulcich is out there as a receiver, is Greg Dulcich right. the third best receiver on the team? You look statistically last year in yardage, he was. Yeah. So maybe the two tight end set is the I think right move. the other thing
2: you'll see, and I, I don't know how much of a judgment we'll be able to make on on this tomorrow night. I, I want to see. How much they throw to the backs, and especially with P. Ryan set to play, right? It, great, he'll, he'll great pass a catcher. Starter, sure. He's a good pass catcher. They throwing the ball. Will Wilson throwing the ball? But Wilson is not famous for throwing the ball to uh, tight ends and especially running backs. In it's short not, definitely not intermediate first choice. passing game. That's, no. a, that's not the way he has operated for the first decade of his career. And last year, he didn't really do much of anything all that well. But I think as a, it, it, in, in New Orleans, you know, you think of Alvin Kamara, and, and you think of people who are, uh, other than Kamara, Reggie Bush was there at the beginning of the Peyton coaching mm-hmm. era. In in New Orleans, in fact, they had three or four backs
1: who were all uh, interchangeable. And at one point, uh, for a while, uh, Latavius Murray as well. Who spent right. time with the Broncos True. and had twenty six catches last year. Uh, like Melvin Gordon, I was had a 25. little surprised. You bring
2: up his name, I was a little surprised they just waved goodbye, given his past association with Peyton. Yeah, that did surprise me. Uh, well, the me Buffalo
1: Bills bit. grabbed him, and, and I think that for the Bills, that was a that's a smart move. I. Agree with that. You're talking about a guy that's uh, look. I get it. 33 years old. That's a lot of tread on the tires. But some people like Kareem Jackson for the Broncos, uh, playing a physical, who's a physical safety, uh, playing in his late. Some people can just do it. And Latavius, 35
2: years old, taking care of his body, and
1: it shows.
2: And was, (laughs) I thought, in many ways, up to and including uh, certain incidents that happened on the sidelines last year. He was very much the voice of reason. I agree. I agree. I was surprised. I was surprised at that too. And they just waved goodbye to him. And I, I mean, I and I understand they didn't do a deal with Kareem Jackson until May. Mm-hmm. But I think there was some justification for that. I, I just thought making no effort whatsoever to retain Latavius Murray was, again, I do not want to make a major point of it, but it it just was one of those things that surprised me. I mean, it's a five and twelve team, hardly anybody is going to be viewed as untouchable outside right. of Satan and Simmons, as we frequently mention. But it was one anybody year... Anybody else could be
1: changed out. And you wouldn't know the difference. One year, 1.16 million, but only 650,000 of it guaranteed. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think if you're talking about knowing and, that...
2: And especially with Javante Williams' right. status Someone very up much in up in the air. If you were to look at it and say, Javante Williams still, has to miss
1: the first month and you have Samaja Piran and Latavius Murray, if I'm the Broncos, I'm I, like, I, okay, we're I, okay. I,
2: I, I'm still, maybe I'm being overly stubborn about this. When he's full speed in a game situation where they can tackle him and he looks comfortable, well, then you can I'll believe it. believe it when I see it.
1: And I don't really think that's unfair. I really don't. I think that uh, it, it does appear that, that, He's just one of those guys. Uh, this was a very serious knee injury. Uh, he, he does, and all reports are he is going to be ready to go on week one. In fact, is expected to play in I don't in the think next he one. had
2: had a knee injury of that type before. No, no he had right? not. No. Nothing like that. Yeah. So
1: you, we'd never really seen his uh, recuperative powers. And look, some people heal faster than others. That's the way it is. And mm-hmm. and hopefully for Javante Williams, that's the way it is for him, uh, for both for him and the Broncos. Yeah, and, but,
2: and, and, you know, but I you think watch, it's fair to still you watch the out. clips. And I've been watching his college clips lately a little bit. And boy, he, he he ran the same way in college. He does not run away from content. No, no,
1: no, no. He runs angry. And uh, that's his particular style. And that is, that's where I think it's fair to be Cautiously optimistic, but cautiously, uh, that part needs to be focused on, and I think so. And I think we'll find out, of course. Uh, Tony Jones, Tyler Beatty, the uh, aforementioned Julio McLaughlin, who's been turning heads at camp, all in the mix for that. But again, remember, uh, there are other options still available at running back in free agency, so that's where okay. I, I want to get your guess. The Broncos can afford to wait. We're sitting here
2: on August tenth. Yeah. Opening day for most teams mm-hmm. is September tenth. Yes. Right? Correct. You do the math. It's not uh, it's a month away. Exactly a month. It's that. I mean, I get it. It's thirty one days, but it's yeah. a month from today. Sure. It'll be September tenth from August tenth. How many of those four mm. are gonna be signed? See, because you, you've got what do you got? You got Hunt, you got Cook, you got Fournette, and you have Ellie. and Ezekiel Elliott. and, and How um, many of those jo- four are going to be Don't forget about what's happening with September Josh Jacobs.
1: 10. And potentially even Jonathan Taylor. Now, they're not free agents. No.
2: But, yikes. How many of those four? That is an inter- I That Taylor deal with Indianapolis is bizarre. It's too. a mess. The and uh, both sides seem to be uh, Hunt looked pretty, like pretty much dug in. He had a deal with
1: the Saints, and then it apparently yeah. went back to the Colts, but then he left the Colts without a... Contract, which I imagine it's hard to go back to the Saints and go, "Hey, remember when I said I had a deal?" But then it flew out to Indy. Um, can I still have that contract? Probably not. Uh, I you think know, deals once they're offered
2: and declined, they tend not to get yeah, offered they don't tend again. To come back <laughs> like at all, uh, boy. You turned us down. I, I think you know what well, I'm going to well, say is crazy. Line it of sounds- draft day, we're living in a different world than we were living in five yeah, minutes right. ago, a week ago. Ah, I Elliot love Cook that Fournette line. Draft and Hunt, we're living in a different world.
1: I think it's going to be, I believe it or not, Sandy. I think it's going to, especially be a for running backs. We really are living. in I think a different it's going to be world. one of them, and I don't know which one, but I think it's going to be one, just one I I out of it's those four. Gonna be one, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know I don't which think, one will be
2: either. But I agree with that. I don't I think, think Josh Jacobs one. is going to be back. No, I don't think he will be. And and, and who of knows course, the Broncos and Raiders play on opening day, and Josh Jacobs, and it's a fairly lengthy list, I admit. Bronco killers over the last six, seven years, he's at or near the top. And the difference last year was he played against everybody else the way he always played against the Broncos. That was the difference and the reason why he led the league in rushing last year. He played against everybody that same way. But it's stunning that you could have conceivably Josh Jacobs not here for the opener against Denver. Yeah, playing for the Raiders. or In this case, not playing for the Raiders, and maybe at best, only one of the other four running backs we've been talking about for months now. Maybe only one out of those four playing for somebody. Jonathan it's Taylor wanted to a
1: trade, and the latest is he has left camp to pursue. Yeah, oh, he's left to camp. pursue his own uh,
2: rehab. Yeah. Yeah, right. uh, he he is huh. coming off an injury, and that is one of the points that the Colts have made: say so we're not lowballing him, but he is coming off an injury. And it's hard to trade. And we're him. not going to play pay top dollar, and we're not going to trade him. So, you know that. But I mean, you're listen. About I, I I sympathize to a g- degree with the, the running last backs two backs because I think rushers. they are being mistreated. It's the last However, two leading they, rushers. They, 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 I I know that. But they do have a short lifespan. I, I yeah. kind of do see the other side. But if I had a choice for right now between trusting Jonathan Taylor and trusting the Indianapolis Colts, I'd probably lean in Taylor's direction. But I, I, I understand yeah, part I of what at. the Colts are saying, that the, this guy was hurt and he's coming off an injury. We will get what we want we're for not, trade, so we're not going to trade him. We're not going to trade. trade him, but we're not, uh, not going to give him you know, especially after Barkley signed for $11 million, and that's with incentives, mm-hmm. we're not going to give you 15 No. And, and the writers are saying the same thing to Josh Jacobs, even as the rushing champion last year. We're not going to give you $15 million plus per year. I but would imagine the Broncos
1: wouldn't mind if that dragged out into uh, at least week two.
2: <laughs> I can't uh, imagine there is no problem. Not, other than maybe, maybe Max Crosby. And the, remember, the Broncos have not beaten the Raiders in this decade. Ugh. Not once.
1: Overlooked the, in the, the last time they beat them was 2019. The That's the crazy thing. The team that best against the Chargers,
2: other than Max Crosby, it's been Josh Jacobs and maybe even Josh Jacobs more than Max Crosby. Although, yeah. you know, pass rushers tend to kill the Broncos. Let's see. They're pass rushers, they're tight ends. Darren Waller. If he hadn't been hurt, would be up there on that list, too, of Bronco killers uh, who have played for the Raiders in recent years. But uh, definitely Jacobs. Uh, He's right up there with Crosby, whether he's slightly ahead or slightly behind, we can debate that, I suppose. If It's a worthwhile debate. I don't know that it is. But the Broncos, you're right, would not mind at all. If the Raiders come in here without Josh Jacobs. No, that is, of course, a few weeks away, but you know, you hear it is the sound of football and coming with back. With Jimmy Garoppolo, by the mm-hmm. way, instead of Derek Carr, who's also played generally pretty well against Denver. True.
1: Now is the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook's the most trusted name in Vegas, and now you can use that promo code MILE HIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with that promo code MILE HIGH. So don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports. And the promo code mile high. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to know what you think about this game? How important is it? What do you want to see? 303-831-1340 is the number. Both the uh, text and call line for the Broncos. What's your excitement level? It is preseason. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this show, uh, you've. Your enthusiasm for preseason may have dropped because uh, Sandy and I have explained that it's not as important as you think. But nevertheless, uh, hopefully we're not spoiling all your fun. Want to know what you think? 303 1340 is the number. We'll be back with more on My Life Sports.
0: This is Sandy
1: Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Just as an aside, by the way, earlier today, uh, Mile High Sports has always been supportive of the Food Bank of the Rockies Golf Classic. Uh, we always make sure that we we've supported Food Bank. We'll run their uh, have their advertisements in our magazine with regularity. And uh, I was out there as well as uh, Nate Lundy, the CEO of. of Mile High Sports. We're both on the uh, committee. We've been on that committee for many years. Running that event uh, for a long time prior to a couple of years ago, this was Joe Sackick's uh, signature event every year out at the Sanctuary Golf Course in Castle Pines, and uh, it continues along. After 25 years, Joe and Debbie Sackick decided that uh, that was uh, enough, and Joe became extra busy with something uh, a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, what was he doing? I, I think it was winning Stanley Cups. Or oh, yeah. More more yeah, Stanley Cups. True. Of course, he already had a, you know, a couple. know so, couple adding more uh, to the the, uh, the the trophy case there. But a uh, great experience out there. People having a, a ton of fun. The uh, As we speak, the, the banquet and the awards out there are happening. So hopefully uh, everyone enjoyed the wonderful event. Raises an awful lot of money for uh, the Food Bank. We'll have an opportunity, by the way, to talk about uh, not only the uh, event, but what you can do to help Food Bank of the Rockies with uh, the Food Bank CEO, Aaron Pulling, who will join us uh, on Tuesday to to talk Excellent. about it as well and break down how you can help. Obviously, uh, I've I've been a big supporter of the food bank for a long time, not only in this role but also as simple as going out there and and volunteering for an afternoon on a, on a weekend and help packing up some boxes, uh, bring the family. It's actually it's actually a tremendous amount of fun and you do a tremendous amount of work for your community. They do a uh, extraordinary job uh, of efficiency at food bank for people with food insecurity. Uh, every dollar raised actually ends up generating four meals. That's how effective they've been with working with their partners and providers. So uh, you can check them out at foodbankrockies.org for more and, uh, and please do. And if you have any questions about that uh, with me as well, you can always find me on Twitter s d r o t a r. reach out that way. And I'll be happy to point you in the right direction if you'd like to help as well, but uh, a good time had by all again for almost 30 years. And thanks to those terrific partners at the sanctuary. Uh, who makes sure that uh, it's a terrific, terrific event. So uh, I had a chance to poke my nose out there and do a little bit out there before uh, coming into the show today. And looked like everything was going uh, uh, great as it usually does, and uh, we'll talk with the CEO Aaron Pulling next week a little bit more about it. But for the Broncos, and and Sandy, I think, I think over the course of the show, we've really hit on some things with, with you and with me, with uh, Taylor Kilgore from Fox 31 who joined us. You're not going to see the starters for long. Obviously, you want to see them play well. But I think we've honed in on two players who may have a big opportunity to shine. And both of those players, if they blossom, might be X factors in a season where you and I, neither of us believe the Broncos will make the playoffs. But if they were, it feels like both of these guys would have to make big contributions. Huge. And both listed as second teamers on the initial depth chart, maybe a big opportunity to see Nick Benito on defense and Greg Dulcich on offense take significant snaps and 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 see how they've progressed. I I
2: might throw Marvin Mims into that list, but I think you you hit on the two guys uh, who, from the line of scrimmage, uh, Dulcich needs to be at least healthier than he was last year. And Benito needs to be a hell of a lot better, more productive. And Benito has a shot at getting a longer look in the preseason because... Of the knee surgery that uh, Baron Browning underwent, and they're also not going to ride Randy Gregory or Frank Clark. No, and they're going to split snaps? The, right. the 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 time with with. I mean, I I don't I don't know if either will play once the quote unquote starters are removed. I wouldn't think either one. I of them wouldn't would, think so would play, and one might get eight to ten snaps in practice. I don't Getty even know how much Clark will even play. Well, Clark game. may not play much at all. So it might be more of uh, Randy Gregory, but not too much of Randy Gregory, who is
1: uh,
2: uh, built out of <laughs> yeah Fra- tissue paper, uh, fragile
1: it appears. Yes, that would yeah. Be the, yeah.
2: So uh, I, I think you you highlight those two guys, and I, I think Dulcich has a chance to be a 50 to 60 catch guy this year, and his playing time will depend on how much he improves as a blocker. And with Benito, I mean, he was the first pick in 22, though not in the first round. He's a second-round pick, and he was, at the very least, a mild disappointment last year. I won't call him a major disappointment, certainly not a bust. Way too soon to call him that, but at, at the same time, I think, benito has got to show something, and again, this is it, you know we talk about show and tell all the time. Uh, the Broncos and even some of their players from time to time do a lot of talking about what they're going to do, and uh, I I like Cortland Sutton. I admire the fact that. He took on a different kind of training regimen during this offseason. I'm sure it with to a consultation mm-hmm. uh, coming uh, along the way uh, from the head coach, but he's got to do it. I, I, I mean, and, and players every year are talking about it. I mean, and Mark Kisla in his column today acknowledged, and good for Mark, that Cortland Sutton was talking about the Pro Bowl and being an all-pro wide receiver last year before the season began. And to say he developed even any semblance of a rapport with Russell Wilson would be to grossly exaggerate the situation. There was no rapport, no chemistry that existed between the two. I'm not saying it had anything to do with personal issues, but professionally there's no doubt they just didn't connect. So rather than promising that things will be different when you said things would be different last year, you've got to go out and show it. Cortland Sutton was in 15 games and played 15 games. Second
1: on the team in yardage, 829 yards. Second on the team in catches well, with 64. It's tied for second on the team in touchdown catches with two touchdowns. You can Those find go up.
2: dozens of receivers. But. Get number this. twos and number threes who put
1: up Sandy. those numbers. In the number of uh, players who put up the court, Jerry Judy had 67, Cortland Sutton had 64, Greg Dulces 33, Latavius Murray 26, Melvin Gordon 25, Kendall Hinton 24, Javante Williams 16, Eric Saubert 15. Those are all of the players that had more than 10 receptions last year. None of them had a lower catch rate than Cortland Sutton's 58.7%. None of them. The second lowest in that was Dulcich at sixty and sobert at sixty-two point five. Sutton. When you're talking about lack of rapport, I mean, there you have it. Yes, you're getting down to every receiver that had more than ten catches. So uh, my nobody point, had my
2: point less is, of a connection there. Uh, uh, do, and, and this is the whole thing about and some of that too. is Wilson. Is, right. is Wilson going to go from being one of the worst? five starting quarterbacks in the NFL last year to one of the top 10 or 12. And Boy, that's awful hard to imagine. Is the Wilson-Sutton connection, which produced less than 60% of the time, fewer than six times in 10. Yeah. For every 10 targets, they didn't even connect six times. That's going to go from 58% to 78%? That's a big jump. That's a big jump. And Sutton had no noticeable injury last year, nor did he in 2021. Now he gave him some slack and cut him some slack in 2021 based on that being the first year back from the ACL injury. And usually you see the jump made in year number two, and he certainly anticipated that. And he had a year that was virtually indistinguishable from the year he had in 2021, and I remember there was talk that year that you know Bridgewater and Sutton didn't have the rapport they were expected to have. And after a while, you know, you're putting the blame on that all on the quarterback when they've had different quarterbacks. Well, that's I mean, Cortland, when Sutton has the... played with a bunch of them. The catch I, and percentage and that, that that hookup is
1: indicative. And that's the thing. I don't you know, put it on Sutton. That is indicative of 18
2: the. 18 and 19 were fine. That's 21 the connection and 22. Between work. those
1: two. I mean, you, you can argue how much of it is the wide receiver and how much is the quarterback. But what you're really looking at when you're looking at the catch percentage is you're looking at the connection right. between the two players. And Sutton and Wilson's was yeah. the worst of any receivers with any significant situation. And so hopefully you'd like to see that be better. And and maybe, who knows, we may find out that going to Sutton early in the very first series may be
2: exactly what they're dialing up. Uh, I could see that, that as a possibility. I, 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 I do, and that's why I said the first thing I want to see tomorrow night is Russell Wilson's rapport with his receivers, Cortland Sutton in particular. That's why it's the first thing I'll be looking for.
1: There will be uh, more, obviously. We'll take a look at the game tomorrow as well as the Broncos get it going. But uh, thanks to all of you interactive, We'll get more of it tomorrow. Hopefully more of your thoughts tomorrow, too, as the game uh, draws closer. Thanks to Taylor Kilgore of Fox 31 for joining us. You can follow her on Twitter at TaylorKilgore33. Danny Bailey is the man of the booth that makes uh, everything work. Audio, visual, the whole kit and caboodle. Thanks to Danny for making everything happen. Thanks to you, most of all, for listening. Whether you're listening over on the FM dial, your HD radio, you're on the web at MyLifeSports.com, either watching or listening or even easier on the free MyLifeSports app, wherever you get your apps. It's got all of it. It's got this program. You can watch it. You can listen to it. You can have it live. Hey, you can plug it into your car and stream it that way. Crystal clear sound any way you'd like. Plus all of the other wonderful things we put together at Miley Sports, the writing, the magazines, the uh, YouTube programming, everything all in one spot. So check it out. The Broncos preseason starts tomorrow. You made it. Your long-off season is over. We'll be back. For Sandy, I'm Sean. But keep it right here on Miley Sports.